Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Sexual intimacy for God is reserved for behind this door. A marriage, a marriage where a husband and wife, not living together, we'll talk about that later, a husband and wife who have made a commitment, got married, doesn't have to be in a church, got married, followed the license laws of the state they're in, did it legally, they're married, they're committed. God says, go for it, enjoy. That's where it's to be. Outside of marriage, there is to be no sexual relations. You're bombarded with ideas of sex and sexuality every day. The world, for some reason, seems to want your thoughts to be oriented towards sexual things all the time. It's in the advertising for everything. Schools are introducing kids to concepts of sexuality at younger and younger ages. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about sex, God's view. You might be surprised to find out that God approves of sex, just under the right circumstances. You'll find out why God's plans just work better than mankind's ideas. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 13 as he continues his message, Sex Inside and Outside of Marriage. Here's another one. We're both adults. And what we do doesn't harm anyone. Looking is okay, as long as you don't touch. Masturbation, simply a physical act, has no relationship to lust or my heart or my mind. Here's a big one. Many of the people outside this building believe this. God hates sex, and all his rules take the pleasure out of whatever pleasure there is. That's a huge lie from Satan. And last, the one I heard, even on Oprah, committing adultery will enhance your married life. Notice, marriage, Hebrews 13, 4, marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. The marriage bed, simply in this verse, means sexual intercourse. A man and a woman making love together on a bed in their house behind closed doors, especially if you have young children. Now, the New King James reads, and the bed undefiled. NIV, the bed kept pure. What does undefiled mean? It means unstained, unsoiled, not tainted with evil, clean, pure, faultless. So, what does God think of sex? God designed sex. 
God says yes to sex. Let's say that together. God says yes to sex. Say it with like you enjoy it. God says yes to sex. That's good. You'll remember that. Your husband will definitely remind you of that tonight. No. So when you think about that, passion is good. Sex is good. Nudity is good. Making love is good. Intercourse is great. God allows the body to have orgasms. That's good. That's great. Now why? Why does he allow that? Why does God allow a husband and wife to make love and to have it explode in passion? Because he hates sex? No, because he loves sex. He is the one that designed our bodies to do that. All of that is done in a marriage, in a home, or an apartment, in a place where a husband and wife have made a commitment to each other. Not living together, but have done it according to God's word. I'll talk more about that later. So a couple that have already done that, taken the vows before God, gotten married, proved by the state, which is what we're required to do, that is a place that God loves. And so you can see this tonight. I want you to see this next statement. You can write this because I think it's very important, especially you students. Sexual intimacy is reserved only for the marriage relationship. In other words, inside this door, in a home, husband and wife, in an apartment, if that's where they live, instead of a home, doesn't matter, where there's a husband and wife, the marriage intimacy, there's boundaries. It has to be within these boundaries. Any sexual act outside of marriage, intimacy, is not approved by God. So he put it with these boundaries. You're going to see he did it for a purpose. He didn't do it for a purpose to take fun out of life. He did it for a purpose to protect us. Now, think about this. God gave us fire. Fire is good if it's used in the right way. Let's think about this. Fire. Cook, heat a home, preserve meat, repel predators, light a path if you don't have a flashlight. Sometimes in a field, you have to remove a thatch, and so you put a fire, and if it's controlled, it's beautiful. So fire is good. God gave us fire. But fire can be bad. Just a few months ago, we saw that on our own cities. Somebody used fire for the wrong way. Can burn a person, can destroy a home, can destroy a whole forest, can kill animals after animals. So God took sex, and he says, it's good, but it has to be used the way I prescribe it. You see, the author, the inventor, the creator tells us how to use it. Now, here's something very important. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Go down to verse 3. All of you that are married, and I don't have a lot of time to talk about this, so I'm going to go through this very quickly, but I think it's very important. There's two keys plus these three notes. Satan discourages sexual intimacy inside of marriage. So if you're married, what's Satan's goal? To discourage sexual intimacy. Well, the very place God said to have it. But he loves to discourage and to cause us 
to be at odds with each other. Never can agree how often, how much, whatever. Look at 1 Corinthians 7, verse 3. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. You can just read in your translation or listen to me. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs. And the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. Now let me just stop for a minute really quickly. Why would God write this kind of stuff? Because he knew we'd have problems with this. Here's the problem with every one of you, myself included. I'm very selfish. I'm a Christian, but I'm very selfish. I want my needs met before your needs are met. That's what causes a problem in everything we do. I want my needs met before your needs are met. So God knew in a marriage, he gave man and a woman different sexual drives, different times of the month, all these kind of things. But he knew it worked perfect. You already proved that to me. You got here by sex, no other way. So it works. But why does he have to give these instructions? Because we're selfish. So here we go. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs, and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. Now, the wife gives authority over her body to the husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to the wife. Now, remember, this is all done with love. This isn't abusive. This isn't any kind of bondage kind of thing or whatever. Verse 5. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations. In other words, make love, have intercourse, unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Now, just look at me for a moment. You ladies that like headaches have now found another reason to. It is not valid. Honey, I want to be spiritual over the next few weeks. It could linger on until Christmas, but uh, you don't want to even go there. Notice, this is a time, if you happen to be fasting for selling a home, buying a business, doing whatever, fine. The two of you get together and you say, honey, for the next three days, we're going to fast and pray over this. And that's good. So you give all your attention to the Lord. You don't make love. But notice the last part of the sentence. Afterward, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. What does that say to me? That tells me that my sexual drive and yours is incredibly powerful. I'd have to say for almost all of us here, and it varies with age and all kinds of things, but everybody that's a human being, unless there's some hormonal problem, sexual drive is one of the greatest, greatest areas that we have to watch. Every single one of them is one I have to watch. So do you. Every single one of us have to watch it because it's such a powerful drive. So notice, Satan's in the bedroom, and he's trying to say, get your way. Use this as an excuse. So God expects every husband and wife behind these closed doors, I'll just say it this way, he expects a husband and wife to make love on a regular basis. How you define regular? That's for you. I'm not going there. Every couple has to do it. So there's going to be give and take. There's going to be love. There's going to be wonderful, good things happening. Learn your mate's needs. Be sensitive. 
honor your mate when you choose to please your spouse sexually, you destroy your selfishness. And God loves it. Number two. I already gave you one. Here's a second. Respect God's gift of sexuality. Be pure inside and outside the marriage. So inside my marriage, Satan wants to discourage sexual intimacy. And that's so common today. We'll have couples that come in for counseling. They haven't made love in a year. That's not biblical. They're not on the same page. Satan is destroying them from inside. They're not obeying the word of God. But the next thing that you see, Satan not only is in our bedrooms of couples, but Satan encourages sexual immorality outside of marriage. So all of you that are single, from the students to the single people to those you divorced and you're dating again, all of you, and of course it includes every one of us when we walk outside that house as well. But Satan encourages sexual immorality. And we have to start thinking about this. What does God say about sex before marriage? We know what he says about sex after marriage. It's good. It's great. He designed it. It should be regular. It should be a giving between a husband and a wife. It should be private. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's glorious. It's God-given. It should be practiced. But what does God say about sex before marriage? Now, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. If you go down to verse 3, we're going to just read three verses. I'm going to read it again to you in the New Living Translation. Here it is. I don't know what your translation says, but notice the first words. God's will. So I just said to you, what is God's will for us? in the sexual area after, before we're married. God's will is for you to be holy. That word holy, in some of your translation, would be sanctified. It just means to be set apart. It means to be different than the world. God's will for you is to be holy. So stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body, her own body, and live in holiness and honor. Not in lustful passions like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. So God says he has a will for us. If I'm a Christ follower, I'm to abstain from immoral sex. I'm to be morally and sexually pure. He puts boundaries around that sex. We already said to you, sex for God, sexual intimacy for God is reserved for behind this door. A marriage, a marriage where a husband and wife, not living together, we'll talk about that later, a husband and wife who have made a commitment, got married, doesn't have to be in a church, got married, followed the license laws of the state they're in, did it legally, they're married, they're committed. God says, go for it, enjoy. That's where it's to be. Outside of marriage, there is to be no sexual relations. Now, notice... God is not this prude. He just says, enjoy that sexual fire, that passion, where I design you to do. So every other sexual act outside the boundary of marriage will cause me pain physically, emotionally, and spiritually. 
Notice again, look at verse 5. Not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God in his ways. So let's just rehearse this again. Behind this door, husband and wife that are Christians. Outside here is the world where everybody's telling us how to live in all kinds of ways, how to do our money, whatever. They're pagans. And that's not a bad term. They just don't know God. So they say, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. Most of those are lies because the person telling them that is Satan. So it says, if a husband and wife are here and they're in this relationship, my life is to be different than the people in the world. If you're a teenager, a student, you came from a home. And if you're a Christian, you came from this home. And you're to be different in the world than the other students around you. Don't be like those, notice, look at verse 5 again, not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God in his ways. So when you watch MTV and you see all those kids and they go on the beach and they do their spring breaks up here in Daytona and whatever, and there's nothing hardly on the people and they're doing all this dancing and body stuff and whatever and doing all these things, you go down to Miami, go down to South Beach, as a single person, you watch all this stuff, that's the way of the world. Now you say, well, Pastor Mark, it's fun. It is. Sin is very often fun. You see, if I said to you, if you have sex or explore anything with sex outside, it'll make you deathly sick for months. None of you would touch it. But it is tempting. But for a season, the greatest treasure you have, young person, is your virginity. Now, go to the Old Testament with me because I want to show you some verses Turn to Leviticus, Leviticus, right near the front of the Bible. Just be glad I'm not going to Song of Solomon. That'll be for another time. Leviticus 18. Now again, God is giving these instructions to his people. Why is God giving these instructions? You can study this whole chapter if you like later, and just it's amazing what you see in this chapter. He's doing this because he knows people, and he knows we're selfish, and he knows the sexual drive. And if it's not guarded by God, it can get very weird. Look at verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, I am the Lord your God. Verse 3. You must not do as they do in Egypt. Remember? It's like the world, just like we read in 1 Thessalonians, where you used to live. And you must not do as they do in the land of Canaan, where I'm bringing you to. Notice these next word. Do not follow their practices. In other words, they're going to be different. Don't follow them. You can't be like the world. Look at verse 4. You must obey, circle this in your Bible, my laws. See, we don't respond to Satan. We respond to God. You must obey my laws and be careful to follow my decrees. I am the Lord, your God. Now keep my decrees and laws, for the man who obeys them will live by them. I am the Lord. Notice three times in those five verses, God says, I'm the Lord. What does he say? God makes the rules. These are the rules. God demands his people to be holy. So the next thing you want to write is this. Christ followers are to live different from the world in its ungodly ways. And specifically, since we're talking about sexuality, we have to live sexual lives by God's rules, not by the world's rules. 
Most people don't know God's rules. Even in the church, they don't know God's rules. And so that's why we're talking about them. Now, I'm not, I don't have time to go through this chapter, but let me just say this to you. In this chapter, God defines it right to a T. He gives all these sexual sins, having sexual relations with close relatives, to incest, to adultery, to homosexuality, to sexual relations with animals, bestiality. He covers it all. He goes from A to Z. Let's take a quick scan. Verse 6. Notice what he says. No one is to approach any close relative to have sexual relations. I am the Lord. That's incest. God says, no way. It's not right. Don't do it. Now, why would he write that? Because in the pagan nations, what were they doing? Exactly that. Next, look at verse 9. Do not have sexual relations with your sister, either your father's daughter or your mother's daughter, whether she was born in the same home or elsewhere. That's pretty clear, isn't it? You can just go through them and through them and through them and through them. It's exquisitely clear. Scoot on down to verse 22. Do not lie with a man as one lies with a woman. That is detestable. So what are we talking about? Homosexuality. It's a sin. Now let me just say this again. As we go through this, all of us are sinners. We love sinners. God loves sinners. But he hates sin. This is a sin. You say, Pastor Mike, that's Old Testament. Well, look, Romans 1, New Testament. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex. The natural way, obviously, with a man. To have sex with another woman. Instead, indulged in sex with each other. What is that? That's lesbianism. Verse 27. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relationships with women... Burn with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. It is incredibly clear from A to Z in the Bible that heterosexual marriage is the only form of marriage sanctioned in the Bible, and that any homosexual or lesbian practice is always condemned in the Bible. And yet, what are we going to vote on in here in Florida? The marriage amendment that says what? We believe it's between one man and one woman. Why do we believe that? Because God believes it. It doesn't mean we hate these people, but they can't define marriage. God already did. Now, notice it says they'll suffer all kinds of penalties. We've just discovered that our estimates of HIV in the United States are lower. This is in the USA to a couple other places. The estimates in 2006, new HIV in the United States, 56,000 new cases in the United States. Notice, what were most of them from? Male to male. See, before we didn't have this arranging thing of male homosexuality, we didn't have the HIV. We didn't have this. It's related to that. And of course, what happens? The man who is secretly a homosexual comes home and has sex with his wife, and guess what? Then you have 31% high-risk heterosexual contact. She gets AIDS from her husband, doesn't know he's having relationships with a man. Notice what the Bible says, your sin will find you out. 
Today, Pastor Mark went through some common reasons people give to justify their unbiblical sexual behavior. You'll learn that because God created the ideals of home and family, that Satan wants to destroy that ideal, or at least twist it to something that hurts people. Pastor Mark started talking about the concept of holiness in the area of sexuality. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will wrap up his teaching, Sex, Inside and Outside of Marriage. He'll continue talking about God's positive attitude towards sex when experienced under the framework he originally set up. Pastor Mark will also speak about the area of sex that Jesus taught about, which is the thought realm. You'll find out how the Christ follower is to think about sex. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting